I'm back. Hey guys, this is Kevin Riles with the Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. I am so excited to be back. I had to take a little vacation, man. I was tired, you know, just overwhelmed the whole nine, but back from vacation. And this week, we have our man from Houston Vintage Homes, Tyron McDaniel. And we're going to talk about building wealth by building duplexes. Building wealth by building duplexes. I'm doing a duplex right now, and I'm excited to t tell you about that particular project, but what we're going to do by telling you that particular project is let you know the process of building your own duplexes. So, DJ, hit that music, please. I'm back. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Welcome back to The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. The, today... We are talking about building multifamily for investments, building multifamily for investments, and of course for for wealth. And I'm pleased to have a builder, renovator. Uh, I flip houses, flipware extraordinaire, Tyron T Mac McDaniel uh, with me today. Welcome, sir. Thank again, you for having me. Appreciate uh, it. if you guys go back to probably somewhere around episode. Uh, 15 or 20, somewhere in there. Uh, you remember I had Tyron on talking about renovations, and he's a renovation expert. He takes stuff that looks like uh, is going to literally fall down or little stuff that has literally felt, felt down. Fell yeah, down. I'm, I'm making up. A, they fall in. I don't know what the conjugation of the word, but uh, fell down and turns it into uh, beautiful properties um, for Very both uh Rehab, I mean, not rehab, but, but to sell or to, uh, to lease. Uh, so today, um, I wanted to talk about this uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Tyron and I are in a project right now where uh, I have been telling you guys that I was going to build duplexes, build duplexes, build duplexes. Well, finally, <laughs> um, I, I finally started. Uh, after yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been talking about this with Tyron for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and so... Um, this, in my opinion, as far as this market is concerned, is just as good or maybe in some cases even better um, than buying existing property and renovating it because sure. you get to kind of uh, do with your own thing. And so wanted to have Tyron on to talk about our project, to talk about a couple of things. Uh, and I guess first, uh, I'd like to kind of talk about, because I, I don't think I've ever gone into a whole lot of detail as to why. Uh, I'm building duplexes. Why I'm building duplexes? Other than my own ego, uh, <laughs> um, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and I'm gonna let Tyron talk uh, about this from a real estate investor standpoint, but from a broker standpoint, every time that I uh, list a duplex, triplex, or quad, um, they in their price right, they sell almost immediately. Hmm. Uh, and so, in my mind, there is a market for that in the Houston market. Um, I started off selling duplexes and quads over 20 years ago. In fact, my very first house was a duplex. In the Houston market, um, all duplexes, for the most part, are 1980 and older. Uh, and yeah. so inside the loop, right. uh, Eastwood, things of that nature. So you don't have a whole lot of uh, new, small, multifamily product. So in my mind, from an exit strategy standpoint, if I built a duplex, one, I could get the rents. But two, I had an exit strategy because I know I could sell it. Uh, so to me, you always should have multiple exit strategies uh, on a piece of property. So I built duplexes because I've noticed by a, being a practicing multifamily broker that uh, they sell. And they sell quickly if they're priced correctly, especially if they're leased out. And in my mind, a brand new product 
Uh, if I wanted to sell it off in two or three years, I would not only get my money back that it cost me to build it, but I would have a return on my investment. So that's why I uh, decided to build duplexes and hopefully um, fourplexes uh, in the not too uh, distant future. So that's my answer to that question. Sure. What would you say is the reason to build duplexes or, or small multi? Yeah, no, I think that, you know, you gave some very great reasons for why you should, you know. Um, there's a huge amount of demand for it. Um, you know, right now, if you read a lot of popular media and things mm -hmm. of that nature, they call uh, the millennials and so forth a mm -hmm. renter nation. So renting is just becoming more popular. So if you look over the next five to 10 years at where the trends are from a real estate perspective, you see that uh, inner city real estate is going to continue to go up in value. Uh, more people are going to continue to move to the epicenters of wherever that may be. So not just in Houston, but all around the country, you see this trend. And so there's just going to continue to be a growing need for good, solid places for people to live. So it's just a great market to be in. Yeah. And I also say this, you said inner city. I just sold uh, uh three duplexes or six units in total mm -hmm. out in uh, Fort Bend County uh, gotcha. in Rosenberg, Richmond. So even out there, right. True. Um, <laughs> you know, um, there's a market for duplexes and these were made uh, kind of side by side, firewall gotcha. kind of townhome style. Uh, but uh, I just was amazed at the rents they were getting. They were getting right. much better rents than we right. would get at this project. Right. And two, you know, zoned, you know, pretty decent schools. And so, to me, there's a market, you know, and that's kind of a quasi-rural market gotcha. a little bit. Uh, gotcha. But there's a market for them just regardless. If you think about Not it. Not even inside the city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's amazing. So um, from a standpoint of, so that's why, right? Okay. So that's True. why uh, we want to do a small multifamily. You may have other reasons. Uh, uh, the other reason, uh, one real quick, is where we're doing this project is in the Opportunity Zone. Right. And if you look at the previous uh, episode, I talk about opportunity zones in detail. Huge. Uh, and so, um, you know, you're helping the neighborhood and you're getting a significant uh, tax uh, benefit, benefit if you're moving exactly. moving money over. So uh, okay. that's another possible reason. Let me add another point to why you should or why we're building duplexes, which goes back to your first point, is quite simply because you can't buy them. You know, generally you're going to get outbid. And that speaks to another aspect of the market is if you look, I know you, you and I can speak to this, right. but the people who are investing now has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, 15, like when you first bought your duplex, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what you were. Uh, I was uh, 24 years old, 25 years wow. old. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. great. You know, yeah. and now you look at, they have things I'm called 46 I now, by the way. Wow. <laughs> well, <I hate> <laughs> right. right. So now you have a lot more sophisticated investors right. that have entered the marketplace. You have iBuyers, hedge funds, and things of that nature. So all of these things are driving the marketplace. So again, you really it's it's very difficult as a single person to kind of go in and find one mm -hmm. without getting that bid so that's another reason why we're doing it because quite simply we couldn't buy what it is that we're building right now yeah it, you create your own product so it's like going to the manufacturer straight to the manufacturer and building your own product versus uh you know going to the dealership and, and after it's already been put together you get to put it together yourself uh and minus the markup yeah minus yeah <laughs> minus the markup minus the markup you talk more yeah about that. exactly so um, a lot of you, you know, one of the good things about doing the real estate of life, uh, and Tyron had to remind me this before we went on the air, is is one thing to talk about, yeah, we're doing duplexes and this is why you want to do it. It's another thing to say, well, how do I do it? Right. Uh, and so we want to spend some time today uh, kind of giving you an insight um, and some tips and tr uh, tricks of the trade on how, if you decided, hey, I want to build uh, an investment property or what mm -hmm. I call an investor live, which is what I did when I first started. I lived in one side of my duplex and I rented out the other. Matter of fact, it just oh, had- house hacking. 
hacking. House hacking. I just had a, a young <laughs> young guy, a frat brother of mine, call me this morning and said he wants to do a house hack. And I'm old, so I was like, okay, trying to act like I knew what he's talking about. <laughs> and then he said, I want to buy a duplex. Me and my wife want to buy a duplex, live in it. Uh, and rent out the other for about a year and then do it again. I said, oh, that's what I did. I didn't know it was called a house hack. Exactly. Uh, but uh, exactly. so if you, those are great opportunities. That's a very, you know, when I talk to beginning investors, people that are looking, you know, what's the best way to get into real estate? The first thing I ask them is, you know, where do you live now? Do you own? And when they tell me they don't, I say, you should consider house hacking because mm-hmm. it can be very lucrative, number one. And number two, if you buy the right, right property, you could literally live for rent free or have Almost your payment free. covered. Yeah. 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 Where, you know, um, your tenants are covering your entire payment or the cost of on the property and you're able to now save that money or pay it down. See, I didn't, when I was doing that 20 years ago, I didn't, I just knew my effective uh, mortgage was $200 a month after wow. my tenant paid my, uh, and I lived inside the loop. Should have been doing a whole yeah. other conversation. <laughs> so, um, but so in order to do this, Tyron, um, you know, I think, you know, our process has been um, uh, essentially we've known each other for a long time. Right. But essentially, we still follow these basic steps. Very much so. Uh, and so the first step, I would say, is identifying uh, a, um, uh, a, a what, what do you need as far as identifying a builder? And I'm going to kind of go over them quickly. Sure. We can go back. Identifying a builder, um, getting either plans done or buying plans. Right. Um, and, and I would probably say the plans possibly comes first, but you can do both at the same time. Right. Finding a lender uh, and then obviously finding location and land and then ultimately building and going through that pr- uh, process. And so at the beginning of that, um, I would guess I'd like to start with um, finding out what you would want to build, gotcha. right? What you want to build. So what's the best way well, to kind of go through Sure. It? Well, going to the first thing, what do you need? So, mm-hmm. you know, gather the resources. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, obviously, if you watch this podcast, you mm-hmm. have a great resource in Kevin and that can provide you a ton of information. So you want to uh, be resourceful in, in terms of identifying all the people you know that are already in that space that can actually give you some wisdom and insight. And so Kevin and I had one another, so we would always bounce these ideas off of one another. But that's the first point is gather all your resources of tangible credible people that you can lean on or wean from or even actually fulfill facilitate the project uh, once you've done that I say start with the builder mm-hmm. uh, identifying and find the builder you can trust because if once you've done that then they have resources and know different people whether it's the architect mm-hmm. um, like in this case you know you use a particular in, mm-hmm. uh, firm that I referred you to because I believe they would provide you with a turnkey service uh, because this would be the first property you built mm-hmm. as an investment so we wanted someone that was obviously a good price but mm-hmm. a good value um, for the knowledge that they were going to provide so you definitely want to I believe start with the builder so that they can guide you through some of the different variables. So builder, architect, um, and when it comes to the product, you know, we, you want to design that product based on the return on investment mm-hmm. that you want to get. Um, and the reason why that's important is because it's one thing, you know, you can obviously go online and buy plans uh, mm-hmm. relatively inexpensively. The challenge with that is those people aren't local. So right. when things need to be changed, whether there's like we had on our property, even mm-hmm. though we had a local architect, uh, something has changed within the code. And the beauty is because all of uh, these resources were local, we can get those things rectified, most of which you found out after the mm-hmm. fact. Um, but if you had a company you bought online, your plans, you know, and you it would have been a little bit more difficult. So I say start with your builder, uh, utilize the architects that he may have resources or mm-hmm. access to. And um, the next biggest component. Yeah, well, before you move on. So um, the way I did it, 
uh, was I did it a little bit in reverse of those two steps. Uh, I had a vision of what I wanted to build already just because I sell so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I'm exposed to them. And so I uh, went out and hired a design firm to, to uh, build, or des- I'm sorry, to design um, uh, the duplexes that Tyron is now currently building. In retrospect, I still could have done, uh, and, and I've had them on uh, Houston Plans and Permits. Uh, we've done a, a podcast together, probably between, say, 20 and 30 episodes, if you guys want to go back and, and listen to that. But um, in retrospect, I still could have done that, but I do agree that having Tyron or your, your builder uh, uh, help you with that process so that as they're designing there's one thing to design, there's another thing to build. And a lot of times designers <laughs> design based on, you know, either how it looks or just their experience level. Aesthetics, and they don't exactly. think about, you know, you know, I'm being funny here, the number of nails or how to design something that makes it more efficient to build. Exactly. And so you, it is important, I think, that you identify either both of them at the same time or start with the uh, builder because it'll save you money uh, down and, and time. Uh, and your builder will be very familiar with your plans exactly. and can say, oh, hey, you know, uh, I wouldn't do that because it's going to add 20% to your right. uh, cost or, or it's going to add a month to your uh, projected build time. And so I just wanted to state that because uh, although you're basically building them to, to, to plan and, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand, right. even in talking to other builders as friends that are builders during the time, everybody wanted me to do, for instance, uh, a slab foundation. Right. And, I wanted to do a, a block and beam foundation because <laughs> right. in my real estate experience, those foundations are solid and they're easier to fix when exactly. you start having issues. Exactly. Uh, and so Tyron even told me maybe the next one we do on a slab, <laughs> on a slab, but <laughs> not, a, reasons, not a, yeah. yeah, but not that we're up. Uh, and, and, you know, we were, I say what, 70%, 65, 70%. Yeah, probably done. about 65, 70%. Yeah. Uh, done. Now that we're up, I, I kind of like my, my right, block yeah, and beam, exactly. to be honest with no. you. So, but <laughs> it looks great. Just speak to quick, quickly the the being involved, having the builder involved sure. in the design process, I sure. think it's helpful. It's very helpful. You know, another one of our colleagues that mm-hmm. we're working on a design development, development design and build project um, from the out, because he started with me in the building. Mm-hmm. I actually designed the entire unit and we took that to the architect. And the beauty of that is he and I designed the unit based mm-hmm. on, again, ROI. What was the return that he wanted on his investment? So we started with that, which dictated how big the unit could be. Mm-hmm. And once we had that template, then we took that to the architect and the beauty of that process outside of getting exactly what we wanted from a design uh, perspective is we're able to go, we were able to save a little bit on the design because we go to the architect and say, this is exactly what we want. All we need you to do is layer this with whatever the current codes are and turn out the plan. So, you know, there are are advantages when you have the builder involved because he understands that he's responsible for what the end product is going to be. And so he can kind of curtail or foresee problems or issues or things that could save you money in advance. So uh, you've mentioned this a couple of times, design based on your your ROI. Mm Mm-hmm. Essentially, what do you mean by that? Okay, so like in the context of your particular mm-hmm. units, you know, you, you determine mm-hmm. that real estate is about highest and best use. So if we're going to build a certain amount of square footage, it made sense for us to, in your case, do a three-bedroom, two-bath unit mm-hmm. versus maybe a two-bedroom, two-unit because 
maybe it was an additional 150 square feet or so to get that third bedroom in. So the greatest return on investment was a three bedroom, two bath. Now, was that a bigger unit than doing a two bedroom? It was, but it was going to garner a higher return. Right. You know, and so there may be cases where it's more advantageous for you to do three bedrooms. Uh, There are some applications where I see people doing a one bedroom efficiency, you know, uh, and it makes sense for what they're looking to, uh, you know, get on their return on investment. So, and then other things uh, as far as design or the building uh, process is I'll get a text from Tyron. It's like, hey, I got, I found this tile. It's only 69 cents a square foot. The other one is $1.29. Which one do you want? You know, uh, you know, uh, that's, at least that's the way I hear it when he, right. uh, when he, when he texts. Voice <laughs> right. Um, but, that's again uh, right. saving. Hey man, this is sixty cents or forty cents of saving. You going you got to cover twenty two hundred square feet exactly. of floor. Exactly, <laughs> that makes a huge difference though. The, uh, and and, and exactly. so having again as we get to the interior design p- right. uh, portion or the interior picks, you know, you don't typically do that. Um, at least in my experience, you don't typically uh, do that in a, with an independent builder necessarily up front you might have an idea exactly like you something you sent me some ideas hey this is kind of look you're looking for right we hadn't started picking until now right this is the tile this is the exactly. granite whatever exactly. and so exactly. again having that uh, sure. conversation is important and you know that brings up an important point because once you in identifying a builder you got to determine how you're going to pay a builder right. you know whether you're going to do a turnkey or you're going to do what we have which is called a cost plus i personally love cost plus because one it provides a Basically, it provides transparency. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you know exactly like, you know, some builders would absorb that savings. Mm-hmm. So you use the cheaper tile and absorb that savings. Whereas I say, hey, Kevin, we can go this way and save this. Uh, and so uh, because my compensation is separate, I'm not in with any of the particular trades. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one, I think that's the best way to go when you're trying to, one, control costs, learn as much as possible, and then ultimately build the best product you can for mm-hmm. the best bang on your buck. So just to point that out, you have two types of contracts. I feel like I'm at Purview now teaching. Uh, uh, <laughs> Come on, you, you have two types of contract. You have turnkey uh, contract, which literally means the term comes from the, the product is delivered, you get a key, and you get to turn the key, and, and you don't have to do anything. And that's me knocking something over in, a, in the background. Uh, uh, too much coffee this morning. Right. I'm jittery. Uh, so turnkey, literally turnkey. Uh, secondly, um, there is, uh, um, you have cost plus. Cost plus is, Tyron gave me a, um, a spreadsheet of saying, hey, I've bid all this out. Uh, in fact, he even let me participate in the quotes myself just to show a level of transparency as far as like lumber is concerned. And so he bid out lumber. I, I went to a company here, Ocean, and got a quote. And so I kind of knew what the cost of lumber would be. And so uh, in that particular spreadsheet, um, you could uh, essentially see all your costs. And then Tyron's fee uh, was on top of that, right? Plus a contingency, uh, and so that way I got to actually know what uh, was going on uh, here. Mr. Producer, you can go ahead and throw me that. Uh, they're just gonna get to see uh, <laughs> what, happens what happens really happens. behind yeah, the exactly. scenes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and of course, Mr. Producer, who used to be on the basketball team with me, threw me a short pass, so I got to get up. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, you know, on that point too, Kevin, while you still t- we we're talking about, you know, cost plus and things of that nature. Generally, a person who's wanting to build, the reason why there are two types, I believe, two primary types of contracts and construction is because you have two types of individuals that you can kind of slot people into, if you will. You have people who just want the end product. 
So they just want a duplex, fourplex, whatever it is, and they just want you to produce that. Then you have individuals. A lot of us want to be involved now. You know, we're in the HGTV mm -hmm. culture, so we want to pick colors. We want to pick, you know, floor designs and things of that nature. And there's uh, a way via Cost Plus for you to actually do that and have as much interaction or as little interaction as possible. So there's just one or two points in one day. And, and one other quick thing, uh, and I would keep going off on the small tangents, but all to the greater good. One of the questions I get all the time is, how do I pick a builder? Okay. Uh, and because uh, there's just a, honestly just a lot of distrust when it comes to contractors in right. general, based on people's stories or based on you know experiences or whatever the case may be. Right. So you being a builder renovator, right. how would how would you pick? How do you pick your trades or what? Give some people <laughs> some advice as to do it because I get that question all the time. Most certainly, you know I think it's very. I say the process isn't something you're far into. You know the same way you would pick a. A potential partner or spouse you know you obviously you start interviewing different people if you will so again start with your resources of uh, friends and find out what builders do they know uh, you know those vans you see your trucks you see passing you by with a sign on the side I call those mm -hmm. you know I get a lot of trades that I utilize from people that I saw because to me if you at least everybody can anybody can start a business with DBA mm -hmm. But most people have a business and they never market. So it's at least one step toward marketing if you have some insignia, right. T-shirts, things of that nature. So I tend to call those individuals. Mm -hmm. um, and as you begin to meet and talk to a few people, you'll start to figure out just by the energy, mm -hmm. the type of way they do business, how they represent themselves, who you feel more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You and I are big trust people, so mm -hmm. that's at the top of our priority. Some mm -hmm. people are more concerned about they feel they may, don't have to trust you. They mm -hmm. just Cost. need you to be able to execute yeah, yeah, right. and mm -hmm. you know deliver at a certain dollar amount. So if that's what's at the highest list of your priorities based on how you do business, then you're going to find somewhere and you're going to lean to a builder that's like that. So. Um, you got to be mindful of how you work good with people and find someone that suits your personality type. And one thing that Tyron does, I've done it before, I just haven't done it in a while, but I also have some other friends. They literally drive the streets <laughs> and just walk in the projects you know, that are being built and talk to the framers and talk to the plumber and talk to the carpenter and talk to the roofer. Uh, Very much and, so. And, and I've seen him do that on his social media at uh, Houston Vintage Homes on, on, the, on the IG, Houston Vintage Homes. Yes. Uh, and on Facebook, um, and you'll see him just arbitrarily walking into people's houses or, or just projects. Like, oh, this is great! Look at the way they did this tile. At your own risk. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> he's like, look at the way they did this tile. You know, and it's, you know, I'm thinking it's his project, and I realize no, it's, this is some arbitrary uh, builder, or whatever. Um, so, but you found trades that way. I you found, found my, trades the framers for mine. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, and a lot of times, you know. Um, I have a lot of friends and colleagues, right. and so I have a, a friend who I knew was building. Uh, well, actually, I didn't know that they were building mm -hmm. in a part of town. I just happened to be riding mm -hmm. down the street right. and stopped at their project. I, and I was like, hey, you got a project over here. Anyway, when I looked at their project, I liked the framer, that mm -hmm. uh, the quality of construction. And so we hired them to do mm -hmm. our particular duplex project. So, you know, there's no magic formula, if you right. will. It's the same thing that you would do. I'd say with anything, but you kind of go get involved, go mm -hmm. and look around and start paying attention. So once you determine you're going to build a duplex, mm -hmm. you're going to automatically start seeing mm -hmm. stuff related to this, whether mm -hmm. it's people driving with signs on mm -hmm. their truck or you're going to mm -hmm. pay attention to that loud nail gun you hear three streets over mm -hmm. that you hadn't prior to then. And so when you see those, uh, if you drive by a construction site and it's open, um, 
hey, stop by. Or you see the person who looks like the builder. Don't be scared. Yeah, be scared. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's a very helpful way to not only find a builder, but just educate yourself. The more people you talk to, more information you have, the easier it is to set your will to do this. And then one last thing, again, Tyron and I know each other, but you know, I've also seen his product. And so I think, you know, a contract, especially certain right. contractors, you want to say, hey, wh where's another project you're working on? I want to go check it out. If you're not able to walk into uh, something or, you know, ask for, hey, you have some people that don't business with you. I'm just checking references. At the end of the day, you know, um, you know, you're spending your, your money. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for, you know, uh, if not pictures of work, going to sites that it might be working on right now. That's crucial. Yeah. It's crucial to see product just even if you don't feel like you need to, you should because mm -hmm. it's one thing for a person to tell you. It's another thing for you to see it for yourself. Huh. Nothing supersedes your experiencing something for yourself. All right. So we got our design um, of hide our builder. And one thing. Um, you know, in this particular project, I'm essentially acting as a developer. Exactly. Uh, and some of you might say, well, what's the difference between a developer and a builder? The developer um, uh, has one of these things or all of these things. They have the idea of what they want to build. Exactly. They have the capital or money to build it. Uh, they have the land uh, to be able to do it. And or they have the, the investor slash credit uh, to get it done. And and so that's what a developer is. A developer can be a builder. So exactly. I could have tried to uh, <laughs> build this, this. On, on my own. And I'm sure I could have. It would take me longer. <laughs> Uh, and I could have possibly built it, quote unquote, cheaper because I wouldn't have had to pay right. uh, for Tyron's fee. However, I know myself uh, and I also know that Tyron has way, way, way more experience building and renovating and dealing with contractors and dealing with all the project management stuff. Than I, and honestly, I just didn't have the time. And so I believe right. in paying for, uh, you know, for stuff that you don't have the time nor the expertise to do. Uh, people pay me for the same reason exactly. on commercial real estate. And so uh, one thing I just wanted to mention was that, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's okay to be a developer. Some people want the pride Man. to be able to say, well, I, you know, I picked right. the lumber. I nailed that wall. I nailed right. that wall and that kind exactly. of stuff. And yeah, you're saving money, but you're also you know, going to learn a whole lot. And some people are like that. And if you're like that, I'm not trying to discourage you. Just realize that you're going to make some mistakes. Uh, and so. And you, yeah. not only will you make mistakes, but you really won't save the money because the intended savings are going to be super. Unless you're building this by cash, which that's a whole nother conversation. But generally, the intended savings, unless you're already in a trade, let's say you're already a framer. Okay. Mm -hmm or that's great or if you are a plumber mm -hmm. or something like that but if you just moonlight and do it part-time i would say on your first one anyway mm -hmm. go ahead and get it built by someone else so that you can just totally learn a process mm -hmm. Watch and, it. Yeah, yeah exactly and truly maximize your savings because in most cases kevin's expertise necessarily isn't in going into floor and decor and determining whether he should pay. Nor do I like it. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Buy yeah. versus here, another place. He gets excited, but man, exactly. this tile six, it's 59 cent, man. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah. Whereas a weirdo like me, yeah, yeah. exactly. I love it. You yeah. know, it's fun to me. Oh, man, we put some dark right on this, this and the other. And exactly. As he's determined, okay, you know. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm easy to, uh, to please. And, and plus, also realize that we're building investment property, not how my house to live in. And exactly. although I wanted quality, because I, I learned a long time ago from the first person that bought that duplex from a nurse, she had like 10 duplexes, and she sold one off to me to pay for her son to go to uh, college. Um, that's a nugget. That's a nugget, exactly. He went to Howard, as a matter of fact. So uh, she told me, never buy anything 
uh, that you wouldn't live in or by the time that you finish renovating it, you wouldn't live in. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you would live in some of the neighborhoods that you build or buy, sure. but you, she, she, she said that's the respect that you should pay for people paying you rent is to, is, <laughs> no, she was, and I no. always remembered that. That you and you know, to that, I laugh because one of our philosophies at Houston Vintage Homes is our rentals don't look like rentals. And right. if you recall, right, uh, when we early in the design, I started applying, I was like, okay, you know, right. basically, I said, give me some liberty right. to do some things from a design perspective so that I didn't want the I didn't want a person to drive by these units and think that they're rentals. And so right. it's so funny. I, I had, um, we had uh, some trades come over to fix something on the roof just the other day, mm-hmm. and after they did the work, uh, they said, "Man, this house is Spanish, right. obviously." Asucasa right. is perfecto, <laughs> right? And it was funny because they see houses all day, every day, right? You know, and this isn't some three hundred thousand dollar house. Right. This is an affordable uh, duplex in the inner city, Houston. Right. And they said, "Man, this looks nice." People been finding me <laughs> off the permits to call and say, "Hey, I want to do a project like that." So just in your and. The stuff that they're saying is just the outside, but you right. know the, the choices that we you've made. Uh, I say we, but you have made as far as color is concerned, and the color of the doors, and just making it look really stuff. Unique. You yeah, know, yeah. there are little simple things you can do. So designing something really cool and innovative that looks neat doesn't mean that you're busting the budget. So, for instance, on our property, we had um, as it was designed, it had eight inch uh, tile, uh, hardy plank siding. Excuse me. So I just added, uh, um, I reduced the amount of eight inch uh, siding and added six inch. So there's just a little slight little architectural detail. Rather than having just a plain uh, facade over the roof line, we have uh, architectural shingles. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a yellow door on a gray house that has dark blue accents. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, honestly, guys, it, it really does. And I'll post, uh, uh, give Mr. Producer, I'll post some, uh, some pictures yeah. I, I have. But it really is a unique uh, look. And to be honest with you, the design that I got, I basically um, – took liberties on a design that I saw uh, inside uh, the loop just made it a little bit bigger and the stuff that he's doing is making it look uh, different and so and the other thing that I wanted to make sure of is that I'm building this in a low to low income low to area moderate, right? yeah, low to moderate income area and so I didn't want to bastardize the community with just some product because I have family members that live in and around that community on and, the same street yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the same street. yeah. so you, you, you want to make sure uh, at least in my mind, I want to be uh, ethically and morally right as it pertains. You know, still building a product that is going to make money, and so I'm not putting travertine tile in a room, right? right? <laughs> no. So we're putting this, the what forty nine fifty whatever <laughs> that amount of tile yeah, is like in there sixty nine sixty nine square, yeah, yeah. Yeah, square foot tile in there, but. I know, to be honest with you, even right now, without us, I think we're just doing sheetrock now. Mm-hmm. I would live there. Like oh, there's please, no yeah. even you know yeah. I would I would uh, live uh, in yeah. this uh, uh, in this particular product and so I just think that's important. So I went off on a tangent. Sure. Turnkey, yeah. Turnkey versus cost plus. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, turnkey is you know here here keys. I'm done. Cost plus. I'm, I'm more involved a little bit from a budget standpoint. I can see uh, my numbers. How do I pay for this? Sure. Financing. Right. 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 Um, generally, I'd never recommend. It's very, or let me say it like this. I hardly recommend you build from cash just mm-hmm. because uh, there's so many things that could transpire. Money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just leverage insurance and financing, in my opinion. The short answer to financing, though, without this turning into a whole financing uh, podcast, is you're roughly going to need, I'd say, somewhere between 15 to 20% of what it is that you're going to build. 
and what we call money for soft costs. Your soft costs are things like surveys, engineering, design plans, permitting, and things of that nature. You'll need to have a set of permitted plans before you can close on your construction finance. Yeah, I, I think I was at um, right at like twelve grand after it all said and done, like with the surveys, my plans being designed, okay. and and my permits with the city of Houston and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so so yeah. You'll so (laughs) as you can see, it's uh you know this isn't one of those no cash, no credit, no money, make millions of dollars type scenarios. So it does require some capital, and you can get certain situations if you're owner occupied. If this is going to be a property you're living in and you're going to house hack Mm -hmm. or something like that, then there are some programs that will allow you to be able, yeah, Yeah. you know, five ten percent down even. But if this is an investment property, most banks are going to require at least 15 percent to some cases, 20. And some will give you credit for having owned the property, give you a little bit of uh, equity mm-hmm. uh, credit, if you will, for the value mm-hmm. of your lot. So um, the, the way I speak to financing is this. Um, I had essentially three options uh, to finance this project. Uh, I could have tried to build it cash. Um, which I agree with Tyron that, you know, using your cash, I would rather my cash sit somewhere and make uh, a, a little money right now than, than do that. Um, I think you build leverage uh, using other people's money. You could use a traditional, or in this case, I'm using a community bank. Right. Uh, or I did um, test the hard money uh, mm-hmm. route as well. I sent them the budget, sent them the plans to kind of see what uh, I wanted to, to do. And so I was uh, lucky in that I found a bank that essentially gave me almost hard money-ish terms, but with way better rates. Right. Uh, and so um, I chose that particular uh, route. And the, another reason I chose that particular route, other than uh, getting referrals, one of the things I talk about in, in previous podcasts is, you know, these small community banks, you know, are meant to lend and they do right. a lot. Uh, of things different or kind of what I call old school banking where you're dealing with one person right. you're dealing with uh, in this case this loan was small enough to where I just had to deal with one person but if it was a little bit bigger there's like a three person committee but it's people <laughs> right. right instead of dealing with you know some of the larger guidelines banks guidelines and criteria exactly. exactly and so from a builder standpoint what uh, I think, you know, I'll let him speak for himself, but I think what Tyron has appreciated is that my builder has been relative, I mean, my, I'm sorry, banker. my banker yeah. has been relatively easy to deal with as far as draws are, are concerned, as far as inspections are concerned. Uh, and pretty much if he gets me a draw request on a Monday, then if not by Tuesday at the latest Wednesday, his mo- the money's literally in his ac- uh, account unless they have to do a, an inspection. And so I say all that to say it's important because you can, your relationship with your builder could go awry. Right. Uh, based on not anything you did, not anything right. the builder did, just based on the fact that you're waiting on money. And the reason that can go awry is because if I don't give him the money, he can't pay his subs. Exactly. Right. You know, Kevin, I think anyone listening or watching watching this can um, has seen projects. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw someone start building something, then all of a sudden there's a delay. You mm-hmm. know, you see construction halt for right. a month, two, three, four on months. On some commercial projects, six months. Like, <laughs> yeah. Weeds going on. You know, on, right? and I've had people ask, well, how does that happen? And you would be amazed that, you know, something as simple as a draw not happening when it should could turn into a chain of events. You know, we had a situation with mm-hmm. weather where, you know, uh, and You're shrinkage. Yeah, we <laughs> we'll talk, talk about, about shrinkage in yeah, a yeah. second, right? So we had some material get stolen. And once the material, the new material showed up, uh, it started raining. Mm-hmm. And because of those two factors in conjunction with our framers having other clients that they'd already committed to and didn't know that our product was going to get stolen nor was it going to rain, we lost roughly three weeks because of something that transpired in a two-day time frame. Mm-hmm. So we really lost a month almost mm-hmm. uh, 
when during the framing process because of that one little snafu. Now imagine if that had been monetary, we would have mm-hmm. lost that time plus some money mm-hmm. and it could have potentially been longer. So mm-hmm. it's very easy for, like you said, something that has to do with the particular lender you chose to become an issue once you've gotten into construction. And another thing I'll say is, you know, you have hard money lenders, you have conventional lenders, and sometimes uh, the downside to using hard money lenders are the rates are higher. Uh, and the other downside is sometimes even though they have higher rates, their service isn't as good. So it's mm-hmm. great when you can find a small individual bank um, that is very personal mm-hmm. where you can walk in and talk to a person, get things done. So you just got to kind of, again, interview those individuals and, and find out about their process. And it's very good, uh, Kevin. You and I have a lending background, mm-hmm. so uh, that gave us an advantage. But um, it's also advantageous in many cases if you find a mortgage broker that specializes in construction lending because mm-hmm. they will have these relationships already pre-established and they will know some questions that Kevin and I know to ask that you may not know as a consumer that will help you determine, okay, how are these guys structured and are they structured in a manner that's going to cause me issues or make it more efficient for me to get this built? So, yeah, I can't stress enough the small independent uh, bank or small, you know, regional bank that, um, uh, aspect. So. And that's just an all real estate investment, not right. just, not just new construction, uh, you know, nothing against the big guys, but they typically can do the stuff that's very plain Jane vanilla, uh, and, and not the stuff that has a little chocolate. Chocolate or, or the cosmopolitan, y'all know about the cosmopolitan ice cream with the, with the strawberry, the chocolate, and the, and the vanilla. You know, that's how you die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, back in the day, but um, right. so that's one thing. The other thing I would say is, you know, getting that that cost plus or getting that turnkey budget to your lender early on and determining, you know, what your actual out of pocket cost. Now that three weeks. You know, Tyron said it didn't cost us, you know, money, but essentially it, it did a little bit because I'm still paying interest only on uh, this loan while construction is going on. And so, you know, that's basically a month of, of payments on based on what I've drawn out before. Not very, because that interest only with the amount of money that we pulled out isn't a lot, but it is uh, cost. Still, Those yeah, accounting people that's going to email me like, well, it's still, you know, no, no, it, it, there's still a cost. However, if that had happened with hard money, then it, you know I'm looking at a 12.9 percent daily interest interest on the interest rate versus right. and what I have now, which is less than half of that. So uh, I, it, your financing is important. Letting your banker know you know what your goals are, uh, and I also. Uh, because of my background um, in teaching community development, let this bank know that, hey, if you do this project, you're going to get CRA credits for this. And there's CRA is a Community Reinvestment Act, which means that they get points from the federal government for doing um, mm-hmm. business in basically low, low mod, areas. Mod, mod areas. And so uh, I sold them on the fact that, hey, I want to do business <laughs> with you, but you want to do business with me right. uh, as well. Finding an experienced builder also helps the bank feel way more comfortable uh, as well. So just realize that as well. But um, as my grandmother used to say, there's no romance without finance. You know, uh, you got to be, you have to have a job or something to get a girl. You also have to have, uh, uh, you know, money to get, right. <laughs> money to get. It's no duplex uh, exactly, without finance. Exactly, exactly. So um, you had mentioned, I got this, this, and I'm assuming this is what you meant by this when we were talking beforehand. Uh, is it too late? Uh, sure. to to do that. So what did you you were asking? I'm assuming too late to actually start. Right. Yeah. Like no. Because a lot of times, you know, um, well, our business or our company, Houston Vintage Home, we focus a lot on inner city real estate, mm-hmm. and uh, because of gentrification and a lot of things happening all around the country in inner city areas, a lot of people that are from these areas, like you and I, we tend to believe we've already missed the boat, if you will, mm-hmm. because we, you know, for instance, where it is, we're building your duplex. I can recall when dirt a lot. You could buy a lot over there for. 
10, 15 grand. Eight grand. I don't know five, six <laughs> Exactly. Grand. You know, I looked at one the other day that's 43000 So if you're looking at the new price of 43000 in your mind, you're thinking, oh, man, please. You know, but mm-hmm. what you fail to realize is think about where it's going to be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, that lot will be 80000 mm-hmm. 100000 10 years from now. So it's not too late. You just have to buy at the new price as I had an old school real estate investor tell me. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely not too late. In fact, now is the time. And, you know, to be honest with you, Kevin, um, I really believe as the, the average everyday person has – I had a mentor say this. He said uh, the um, opportunity of a lifetime is only around for the lifetime of the opportunity. Mm. And one of the things we talked about earlier in the podcast is the changing demographic of who the average investor is. Mm-hmm. And so it went from just being more a mom and pop kind of situations, individual mm. people, to now you are competing corporations. against corporations, all they do hedge funds, right. you know, individuals that have raised millions of dollars to go out and buy real estate all over the country. So I believe there's a, a time frame, Kevin, that most of us have. So it's not too late, but you definitely want to get started and start making moves because I think you'll see a drastic sea change in real estate investing and real estate in general over the next five to seven years. So uh, one of the things I'll tell you is that it's, it's not too late to, to emphasize that is that I've owned these lots for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and j- just as lots. And so I got these lots off of a relatively good deal of a tax, uh, basically a pre-tax foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I held the lots and paid the taxes on them for the uh, last eight years with the mindset that I was going to build duplexes and it just took me eight years to do it. So another podcast uh, of missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I know no. exactly. Um, just honestly, you know, that's a good question. Why didn't I do it? Fear. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Tyron messes with me and his wife and say, y'all got to know all the details and the numbers. <laughs> and because we're engineering minded folks, right. his wife is in real estate as well. Exactly. But it's true uh, that. Right. And you would think that as big a deals I've done selling 200 unit apartment complexes and all this other kind of stuff right. doing a, you know, uh, a, a, a under two hundred thousand dollar duplex would would not be a big right. deal. But Dropping just bucket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, with that being said, though. Even if you can't build right now, you can definitely buy lots. Exactly. You can buy lots because lots are, especially if you get a, find a bank that's willing to finance them, lots are cheap. Oh, man, Kevin. But. Don't wait to buy real estate. <laughs> buy real estate and wait. Yeah, there you go. Look, that's, that's a T-shirt. Speaking <laughs> of T-shirts, t-shirt, right, yeah. uh, right now, if you notice, I have, a, uh, if you're looking on the video, I have, uh, I, I flip house. What's mine say? Flip a house. Flip a house. Flip a house. Not a waffle house. Yeah. Flip a house. <laughs> flip a house. You know what? I just noticed it kind of is the waffle house type thing. So, Tyron has a side uh, business. Well, one of them uh, is uh, Flipware. Uh, Flipware. Tell them yeah. about Flipware. Real, real quick, quick just uh, Flipware. Flip-Ware.com uh, is a uh, real estate marketing uh, business that I created along with my son just to, one, give him a way to be involved in real estate, and two, just to um, get a, a positive message out there. And so you have on our Flip a House shirt, I have on one that says, I flip houses. We have one that says, I buy houses and all different designs. So check us out, Flipware.com. Thanks yeah. for the yeah, yeah, no, not a problem. Uh, and so, um, to me, these are conversation starters. If you wear this to the to the to the movies or to Anywhere, uh, get together right. or to you know happy hour or whatever the case may be, oh, flip a house, what is that? And then there you go. You know, one of the things the millionaire real estate investor uh, book talks about uh, by Gary Keller is that um, it, it shows you that real estate investing is about uh, networking, really, and mm. you never know where your next deal is going to come. Uh, from and so a lot of times you get deals just by having those conversations. Oh, you know, a family member just passed away. We need to sell the house. Uh, exactly. We just need 
to get rid of it. All of a sudden, you walked into a deal. So to me, stuff like this are conversation uh, starters. We call them, you know, back in the day when we were mortgage brokers, you just call stuff like this difference makers. Our, yeah. our slogan at Flipware is wear our clothes, make some money. Because quite simply, you know, you may have the shirt on the first time and get a lead. Or it may be a year from now you mm-hmm. get the lead. But the whenever you do get a lead as a result of wearing something like this or having marketing of some sorts, it makes a difference in your income. Yeah, right? It's ab- never a bad absolutely. time to have it's, more money, right? It's never, uh, never a bad time. <laughs> so uh, kind of to sum up here uh, in, in the tradition of the black church, as we come to a close, right. well. uh, <laughs> uh, I um, want yeah, to just make sure uh, that we hit a couple things. Why? Do this. Why do new construction uh, investment properties versus uh, buying something existing? Uh, we're not telling you not to stop looking for deals of existing inventory. So please don't take that podcast. Right. This podcast is that. What we're saying is that this is another tool in your toolbox to create wealth. And in our opinion, um, may be a tool for the next, you know, unforeseen amount of time where it's a little easier for entry actually especially right. if you buy the lot first and then kind of kind of wait so um, building wealth comes in many forms and this is just one of the ways uh, that uh, you can uh, do that design based on uh, ROI uh, find a builder that you trust uh, you know decide whether you want turnkey or cost plus uh, you know start making that relationship with that banker now all right, start Very making that relationship now, not when you uh, found. And it's not too late to actually start. It's not too late to actually start. So I don't know if I forgot anything, but anything else you want to add to as we sum up? Yeah, no, I, I think you summarized it all up well. I would just admonish anyone that has, you know, what I found is, you know, it's uh, most people or a lot of people that may be watching this, you've thought about it um, to some degree. Um, and so I would say utilize this as that uh, – preliminary unction to take you to the next step so go ahead and move the ball further along and you know at worst case scenario do what kevin did kevin had owned his lot what eight years Mm -hmm. so don't wait to buy real estate buy real estate and wait while you figure out the rest of this stuff yeah so as just to let you know the the kind of where we are in our um uh, product um outside is i'm gonna say essentially uh uh, Mm -hmm. done um uh, still some um sure punch list type stuff to do um starting the sheetrock now so we're hoping i'm hoping uh you know to be in within six to to eight weeks yeah uh, as to uh you know finishing up and getting it uh leased out getting appliances purchased and all that kind of stuff and so just to let you know um you know i will put uh, some pictures or a link to some pictures uh, so you can kind of see the project uh, below. So if you listen to this in the car and you want to uh, see those pictures, just go to uh, kevinriles.com and click on the T-R-E-O-L uh, podcast and it'll take you to uh, the uh, video of this and then the links uh, below it. So that's one. Two, uh, I have a lot that's next door and so we're almost at a point now where uh, I'm hopefully about to start that process. We're going to have to do some adjustments to our design based on what he's learned uh, about how I designed it um, uh, or try to figure out how we can put two on one lot. That's yeah. what I really want to do. Yeah, that's the biggest uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we, uh, we, when we figure we this build a little up, bit more dense. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, so maybe two bedrooms or something, whatever. But long story short, that's where we are with this project. If you are interested in talking to us about you know building and designing your own uh, duplexes you know we can do that Uh, specifically uh, Tyron can do that so how do they get in touch with you Um, you can also you can first of all you can go to our website houstonvintagehomes.com no dashes commerce or periods that's houstonvintagehomes.com you can reach us at 832-512-9782 again that's 832 
512-978-5512-9782. Those are the best two ways to reach us. And for those of you that want to see Tyron's work, I highly recommend you follow them on um, at uh, Houston Vintage Homes on Instagram. Instagram, exactly. Uh, he does a, he's a really good follow for any investors just because he's so into it. He talks not only about his own product but other people's stuff. And Very much so. Just walking through the hood. Taping pit bulls and everything, just all kind of stuff <laughs> going on on his uh, IG live. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you always learn. He's always walking around some house that literally you think is going to fall over or somebody going to jump out, you know, and, and kill him. Uh, but he'd be like, "Oh, isn't this nice? Look at this, you know, whatever." Tell how you really feel. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. But uh, but just does a, a good uh, product. So as always, we thank you. Hopefully, this was helpful uh, to you, uh, and I will talk to you guys next week. Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.